Hello, my name is Philip Camella, and today we're going to have a conversation beyond science and religion. Breaking new ground in thinking, exploring the outer limits of what we know about the world and ourselves, unhindered by common beliefs and perceptions. This is Conversations Beyond Science and Religion, taking on subjects from the Big Bang, the multiverse, and evolution to the supernatural and the new rising consciousness. This is where scientists, philosophers, New Agers, and spiritualists come together to discuss where this world may be heading. Now here's your host, lawyer, philosopher, and the author of The Collapse of Materialism, Philip Camella. Today we're going to have a fun show. It's, it's about the philosophy of maybe, and we're going to learn a new way of approaching uncertainty and applying this, these rules, these principles, these very, this very simple philosophy to our everyday life. But before we get going here, I want to mention uh, one of my favorite topics, which is synchronicity. And this, this I think, is a fascinating topic, particularly because it, it happens to everybody. And, of course, it happened to me. Last week, my guest was Dr. John Bancroft, former uh, doctor of psychiatry at Indiana School of Medicine. And we talked about his book, The Tolerance of Uncertainty. And so, the, so this, so for this uh, week's show, my guest is Allison Carmen. Her book is called *The Gift of Maybe*, and I open up the first page, and it turns out that what got her going uh, on her journey is was her addiction to certainty. And of course, I did not plan this, and that's what makes it a perhaps a minor synchronicity. But it just goes to show you that there is probably some theme running in the background of our lives and the more we look the more it, that appears to be true now one of the things that we need to recognize i think about many of the self-improvement lines of thinking and there's so many books out there on on uh, self-help self-improvement empowerment etc but it remains true that we have to conquer ourselves before we conquer anything else, including other people or the world. And it's dealing with our own issues, our own doubts, fears, worries that we need to deal with first, I think, before we, before we become the people we really can be. Now, as I mentioned, today's guest is Allison Carmen. She's a former lawyer. She made a conversion, lucky for her, into a life coach, a business consultant. She's an active blogger, and she's, and she's just written one of the most readable, helpful books in this area. It's called The Gift of Maybe, Finding Hope and Possibility in Uncertain Times. She lives in New York with her husband and two daughters. Welcome to the show, Allison. Oh, happy to be here. Well, I, I wanted to say uh, some really positive things about your book not only uh, you know I, I do screen books before I interview folks on the show but this book folks is very very readable and it's simple and it but it's it has some principles here that we're going to be talking about that are easy to apply now your book Allison gift of maybe the gift of maybe starts off with two stories yours and the story about the farmer and his horse can you can you just tell us how these two stories came together for you? Sure. I mean, I say in the beginning of the book that I wasn't addicted to drugs, I wasn't addicted to alcohol, I was addicted to certainty. 
And every moment in my life, I needed to know what was going to happen next. And if I didn't know, I projected things were going to be bad or things weren't going to work out in my life. And I think a lot of people have that relationship with uncertainty, that when something happens that they don't expect, they, they feel very groundless and they don't know what to do next in their life. And for me, I think it started at a very young age. I was always worried about if a boy liked me, I was worried about my grades, I was worried about where I was going to go to college, but life was simple, so I was able to manage it. But as I got older and life became more complicated, my anxiety and my addiction to certainty went to a new level. So I wrote this story, and a lot of us write these stories about our lives to make us feel better. We write stories about what needs to happen for us to be okay, because it makes us feel like we have some ground. So the story I wrote is, yes, I'm stressed, yes, I have anxiety, but one day I'm going to become an attorney, get this great job, marry this great guy, and everything's going to be great, and all my stress and worry will go away. And I think a lot of us do that. If this one thing in our life will happen, we believe that everything will be okay. So I remember I did, I got that big job at that big law firm. I was overlooking Central Park West, and I really felt that I arrived, that this was it. I wasn't going to be stressed. I wasn't going to worry anymore because life was finally how I needed it to be. And the second day of work, my office mate comes in and says, Allison, did you hear? They're firing half the first years. Mm -hmm. And I remember my head just started to spin. And my anxiety took on a new level that I I didn't really recover from for a very long time. And the thoughts were, oh, what's going to happen? How am I going to afford my rent? What are my parents going to think? How am I going to find another job? And they didn't fire me. But even after that episode ended, I worried, are they going to like my memo? Am I going to get a raise? Is there going to be a terrorist attack in New York City? And these thoughts went on and on and on. And then eventually I stopped sleeping and my immune system became compromised. And it was a very difficult time for me. So I started to run to all these doctors. And I would say, I don't feel good. You have to help me. And they took all this blood work. And they're like, Allison, there's nothing wrong with you. Here's this little blue pill. And if you take this Mm -hmm. blue pill for your anxiety, you'll feel better. But even the pill gave me anxiety. And it just, my logical mind kicked in and said, there has to be something else. It wasn't even on an emotional level. It was purely logical. And I started to change my diet. I started to do acupuncture. And I started to have more balance in my life, but the minute something unexpected happened in my life, I spun totally out of control. Until one day I heard this story. It was a very simple story. It's a Taoist story, and it's about a farmer. And this farmer had a horse, and the horse ran away. And his neighbor came by and said, you have the worst luck. And the farmer said, maybe. And the next day the horse came back with five mares, and the neighbor came by and said, you have the best luck. And the farmer said, maybe. And the next day, the farmer's son is on the horse. He falls off and breaks his leg. And the neighbor comes by and says, you have the worst luck. And the farmer's like, maybe. And the next day, the army comes to take his son to war, but they can't take him because his leg is broken. And the neighbor comes by and says, you have the best best luck. And the farmer's like, maybe. And what's interesting, in the Taoist tradition, it means things are neither good or bad. Everything keeps changing. But for me, when I heard that story, I felt this huge pop in my chest. And all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, I felt so hopeful because I was always worried the horse was going to run away. It never occurred to me that he could come back. And I went home that day, even knowing that I was interpreting the story differently than it was, you know, (laughs) the Taoists had meant it to be. It didn't matter because I felt so hopeful. And I had just started my consulting and coaching business. And no matter what fear I had, it didn't matter. The thoughts like, I'll never have clients. I won't make enough money. And I would just throw that against the idea of maybe. I would say to myself, are you absolutely certain that thought's true? And I would say, no, I'm not absolutely certain. So what else is there? Well, maybe I have the the amount of clients I'm supposed to. Maybe I will make enough money. Maybe I'll be okay no matter what I'm experiencing. And for some reason, 
it just diluted my negative thoughts and I felt peaceful. And ever since then, this idea of maybe always gives me an opening, always reminds me there's something else out there than my greatest fear. Yeah, I, yeah, I think story. it's a, I think it's a beautiful, I think it's a beautiful story. I, I like the way you you derived your own spin off of the farmer story because I've heard that one before, and I think it's great the way you got that positive message because one of the things that hit me, and I I've told people this and I tell it to myself is that you cannot predict. Uh, the future. I mean, as it, it, and you quote from Yogi Bear, and there, I, I don't know if this is attributable to him or whether um, somebody else said it, but it's something like uh, uh, predictions are very difficult, predict, particularly ones about the future. And we we tend to imagine this way forward, this as you put it, this this linear sequence of events, and if those events don't occur then there's disaster waiting for us. But every time, this is what I do, every time you look back, you realize that things were a lot more complicated, that the, that the narrative was one you could not have guessed. And, and, that, and that's, what, that's what I liked about this maybe thing. It, like, it diffuses to me this, this uh, adherence or this fixation on this linear way of thinking. And wouldn't it be great to get there? That's what's so great about maybe. You get there before you look back. So you yeah. could actually have the experience with yeah. the open mind. Yeah. I mean, there are some people who have faith in life. Right. They're just okay with whatever happens. It, sometimes they have a, a belief, a very strong belief in God, or they're just, they just go with the flow. Yeah. But those of us who struggle with uncertainty write the stories. I need to have this job till I retire. I need to have this amount of money in the bank when I'm 50. My child needs to go to this college in order for them to be okay. And then when the, these things don't happen, we spin out of control. Things aren't working out. And we forget that maybe it is. And I think that intellectually we all know every end is a beginning, a closed door leads to something else. But emotionally, we cannot find our way to that. Yes. And that's what's so great about maybe it allows us to emotionally recognize the fact that there's hope and possibility at all times in our lives. Yeah, I think it's it's. I tried it myself last week. For those wondering, I mean, it, this is this is what is great about these ideas. These uh, these uh, how can I put this? These beyond science ideas that you could actually experiment with them. And I did experiment with this, Allison, because I had a high stakes uh, hearing last week, uh, and it's one of these things where you know you've you've been there because you're a former lawyer where you have a high stakes, whether it's a hearing, a meeting, settlement negotiation, or whatever. And I tried the maybe, and it really worked. It was, it was really good because, because we start um, fixing ourselves onto this result, and we think that the sky is going to fall or right. the world's going to end if the, desired, if the desired result does not occur. Um, luckily, one of the things that I've learned is that the expected never occurs. The, uh, the unexpected always happens, and it's, it's, which is similar to the maybe thing. But, but I'm sure a lot of people right now are, are wondering, okay, so what's the difference between the maybe philosophy and simple positive thinking? Well, I think positive thinking is hard for a lot of people if you struggle with uncertainty. I mean, if you go back to Norman Vincent Peale's book, 
the power of positive thinking. It's God-based. He's saying yeah, everything right. will work out. Don't worry. There's God. Right. But what happens if you don't believe in God? I mean, there are people who do who don't believe that God controls everything. It leaves people kind of hanging in the wind. So let's say a client comes to me, and he's so positive. He's going to build his business. He's going to have 20 clients at the end of the month. He's going to make $50,000. And at the end of the month, he has two clients and makes $5,000. Right. Now, it's kind of hard sometimes for people to stay positive because they start to worry. Well, things didn't work out like I said they would, and then things are bad, and then how are things going to change? So all that negative talk comes, comes in, and all of a sudden it's the battle between negative and positive, negative and positive. And if you're in that place, when, you think, when things happen that you didn't expect, you're going to go down the negative path. So with maybe what happens is that you can stay positive. Yes, that, that fellow could say, well, I could still you know, grow my business, but with maybe he'll realize there were twists and turns. And just because things didn't work as he planned, maybe they're going to get better. Maybe they're exactly as they need to be. So it allows him to realize, okay, not game over. There's more here. So for me, without maybe I cannot be a positive thinker because the fear of uncertainty would just overtake me. But when I recognize that, okay, it didn't work out exactly as I planned, but there's more to this, and then I can have this, this intention, this dream of what I want, but I realize there could be many twists and turns along the way. Yeah, and there's something else here that is related that I have always, this is, this is full disclosure, I've always had a, a little bit of a problem with, with the intentionality, the power of intention, which is there's probably hundreds of books written on this with the word intention in the title. And I've got nothing against intention. The, my issue has always been, is that locking us into linear thinking? In other words, uh, I, want, I, intend, I intend to uh, win the lottery, or I intend to get a raise next year for 10%, and you focus all your intention. As I was reading your book, I was thinking, um, you know, where does where do you where do you f fall on intentionality, or 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 where do you come down in this uh, the power of intention? How does that fit into your thinking? Yeah. See, I I think I like intention, okay. and I like dreams, and I like goals. It's that we hold them too tightly. Yeah. Okay. I think that you know I've read a lot of you know people who say that hope is an attachment that causes suffering. And I've learned in my life, without hope, I'm not getting out of bed in the morning. And for me, it's not hope that messes us up. It's the attachment about how things need to be. So there's nothing wrong with intention. There's nothing wrong with a goal. But how tightly are you going to hold that? Yeah. It's almost like you're giving yourself this direction. You know, like for me, like I wanted to go to law school or someone wants to start a business. I mean, there has to be a certain kind of energy, I think, that we need to create um, in this life. But we hold on so tight, yeah. like it's our survival, and that's what messes us up. Yeah, I think that's I think that's I think that's very well put because there's I mean from the global perspective, and you know I like to look at well how are these things possible? I mean if if the maybe approach works, if intentionality works, then how is how is it possible for them to work? And one of one of the features here uh, that I think is true that has analogies elsewhere is that with our little minds we can't really predict the ways of the world and I could use all sorts of different words I could use you know we can't predict the ways of the one spirit or of God or the unified consciousness or whatever whatever word you want to use you can't predict the narrative and so we if we let our little minds 
sort of control the narrative, we're going to drive ourselves crazy. Uh, I so so I like the fact that you still believe in goals, intention, dreams, but as you say, when you when when you hold on too tight, it's like you're not letting the possibilities roam right. free, right? Is that right? right? Yeah, okay. no, you're absolutely right. And that's what we need because it's an expansive place to sit. I mean, yeah. you're more likely to find what you're looking for or find something that, that aligns with your path when you're more open. And I think we all know this, but, but there is, there's a lot of literature out there, a lot of books out there that are saying what you think you will manifest, like as if life is a straight line. Right. And, you know, it's interesting. I had um, a friend of mine come over the other day, and her son was just diagnosed with leukemia. And she was very into um, shows like uh, the book like The Secret and um, things cause and effect, direct linear, you know, everything is linear in life. And she was feeling very guilty and she was feeling very regretful and she was feeling responsible for her son's illness because of all the things that she read in her life. And, and all of a sudden her, her son is sick and she's questioning everything. And she looked at me, she said, Allison, you know, out of everything that I've ever read, maybe is the only place I am right now, and it's the only place that makes me feel better. Yeah. Because it doesn't make me feel hooked into the fact that I cause this, or there's a reason for this, whether there is or not, but I could sit here in the moment and just be in this open space of maybe, and it's giving me hope. It's yeah. making me realize whatever happened before, this is where I stand. Yeah. It doesn't say, maybe allows you to know that life has hardships, but it takes you where you are and says what's possible moving forward. So for her, it's a freedom that she doesn't have to think about the past, she doesn't have to be, think about the future. She believes there's hope and possibility, and maybe whatever happening in her life and her son's life, maybe it'll get better. Maybe they'll still be okay. Maybe there's something to learn. But she's able to sit in this space because this, the holding on to anything tightly right now doesn't make her feel good. It makes her feel hopeless. This is Philip Camello. This is Conversations Beyond Science and Religion. I'm speaking with Allison Carmen the author of the brand new book, The Gift of Maybe, Finding Hope and Possibility in Uncertain Times. And we're talking about really the miracle of maybe because it's, it's and it just, to me, simple is always better. And this particular uh, trick here or, or mental change really can pay a lot of dividends. Now, one of the quotes from your book that ties into what we've been talking about here uh, struck me, and you were talking about folks that uh, have declared bankruptcy or that have failed, but they keep at it and they wind up being successful. And there's a quote here. It says, "They are they are people who believe that the field of possibility is of possibilities is always infinite under all circumstances at all times." And I thought that was very well put. And and maybe you could just elaborate upon that. The fact that there, it's it's like a, a mindset is what you're saying, right? It's a mindset where there's always possibilities. Yeah. Well, you know, I often have people come into my office when they're going through a tough time, yeah. when their business is failing, when things didn't work out quite the way they expected, and they tell a story. My life, things aren't going my way. Right. I, I'm never going to be able to recover. And it's based on all their past experiences. And, and there are two things going on. One is they're, they're actually saying in the moment they know that life's not going in the right direction. And we all know that sometimes we have these experiences, they look bad, but they really open us up to something new in our life or it's something that we actually needed to learn. 
And what's interesting, out of all the stories, the story of my book is a really interesting story because originally I wrote this book and I got an agent and I got rejected. I got rejected like my first time out 20 times. And if I would have said, oh, uh, they were like, Allison, no one knows. We don't know who she is. We don't really understand this. Right. We're going to take a pass. No, I could have looked at that and said, okay, game over. No one wants to hear what I have to say. I'm going to keep with my practice in New York City, and I'm, I'm just not going to move forward. But what instead, I didn't look at it that way. I actually went into maybe. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is interesting. Maybe I need to rework the book. Maybe I need to do something else with my life. And I started to blog. Yeah. And I would have never ever become a blogger. Yeah. It just wasn't in my mindset. I thought it was something that um, young people do, you know, and they talk about personal items. But I think I'm going to give this a try. And I started to blog. One of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. I have met people from around the world. I now blog for Psychology Today, for Huffington Post. It has expanded my life more than the book. And I would have never done that. So these rejections actually were a launch pad for me for a new possibility. And then... I kept getting rejected. I kept building my platform. I had 12,000 Facebook followers. No one cared. They were like, sorry, we love the concept, but it's still not for us. And then I self-published my book because I was like, okay, what's new? What's maybe? What's possible for me in this moment? And again, if I was like taking every rejection as, as this is not going to work out, I would have just turned my back on all that was possible. And then I gave the book away for free. This was my original book. It was called The Book of Maybe. And over 30,000 people downloaded my book. Hmm. And I was on the Amazon bestseller list. And it was this incredible experience. And then, of course, I got a big publisher. And Penguin Random House, you know, we revised the book. But everything happened because Maybe is always at play. And so it was a five-year experience. And I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't change a thing. I would, if you would have said to me, would you have liked someone to publish your book five years ago? I said, absolutely not. Yeah. Because I'm standing here today because of maybe and because all that was possible. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 that's, that's a great, it's very, that's very similar to my story. I mean, it's, and it's nothing in life is as simple or as straightforward okay. as you think it's going to be. And, and I think that there's, there's, there's a couple of things here that are important, though. And that is, you have to have, it seems to me, this desire to continue moving forward you can't give up because the maybe this this attitude isn't going to work if you give up i is isn't that isn't that is isn't there an underlying facet here where you've got to you, um wake up every day with with a with with the right attitude with a you know i'm going to get it done today attitude right or it's possible attitude okay, okay. because sometimes People have gone through a lot of hardships, and it's hard for them to wake up and say, today's the day, yeah. because then they're going to get into the battle again. The worst thing, I think, is the battle yeah. between the positive and the negative, because at the end of the day, you're exhausted. Um, but I think if you could wake up and say, maybe today's the day, yeah. maybe I could do one thing today to bring myself closer yeah. to a new beginning, to a new start, I think it's a softer place to be. And I think it's a more open place to be. Yeah, I think that is really good. That's that's a that's good advice right there because uh, you cannot you cannot predict what what's going to happen at any point in time. One of the things that's that's struck me that I've become an an advocate of is that in our little worlds we tend to lay our life plans against a finite time period. Right. Say it's 
three years, five years, you know, in 16 years, I'm going to have enough to retire to Florida, or I'm going to be able to buy a boat or, or whatever. And, and we, and we lay these, these plans against a finite time period. In, in my opinion, the world itself doesn't operate by time or linear or by linear measurements. It, we are, we, we need to lay our plans, in my opinion, against eternity. And it, things take a while to work themselves out, is what I'm saying. And waking up with this field of possibilities, I think, is I think is a really good attitude. Um, what what's the relationship between this and hope? Well, I, I think it's very hopeful to yeah. to believe in. Maybe I think without it, I think people are going to have a hard time moving forward. Yes. You know, there was a fellow who came to me once, and he lost his wife. And he said to me, I didn't like your book, Allison. He said, because my life's never going to get better. And, and I understand he was in the grieving process, and he wasn't ready to open up. And, you know, we talked a lot over the years, and slowly, as the grieving process shifts, maybe it was the only thing that gave him hope, because he couldn't say my life's going to be better. Yeah. He only knew thing. He knew his life with his wife. But with maybe he, he was able to kind of say, okay, well, maybe it'll change. I can't imagine how. He couldn't have a plan, right? He couldn't know. He, he didn't even have the strength for a plan. Yeah. But okay, maybe there's something else. Maybe there is something else out there. And today, you know, he has a girlfriend. And it, it's not that his life is better than it was with his wife, because maybe he doesn't say that. Maybe merely says what's possible in this moment for you moving forward. So for him, it was only this, this little hope. But it's like almost like maybe like opens up the door just a little to let the light in. So when you're ready, because you have to feel life. If you feel sad, you have to feel sad. If you feel grief, you have to feel grief. But there's this little opening when you're ready that you could slide in over time and to see what's possible. So for me, you know, hope is everything. Like I said, I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning without it. Yeah. Well, what's, what's going on here, I think, is that it is a mindset to approach a new day and we have to, so many people, and I think your, your, your book is very clear on this, so many people tend to write themselves out of life's script. They think, there's no hope for me. There's no tomorrow. I've lost my husband or wife, or I've lost my job. And when you, reach, when you, when you make that wall absolute is when there's trouble. And right. so what do you... What do you tell people? I'm sure you, you've coached a lot of people who are, at, who are at the dead end or what they perceive to be the dead end. What do you tell people in that situation? Well, we talk about, we talk about, first, of course, I always hear what people have to say. I mean, everybody needs to be heard, and everybody needs to be allowed to feel what they're going to feel. But then you ask them, are you absolutely certain? I mean, yep. it's the first exercise in the book. Are you absolutely certain? that life can change? Are you absolutely certain that life can't get better? And it's funny, it's like you're actually, they're so afraid of uncertainty and they're so stuck in the past that you bring certainty into it yeah. with that question. I find that interesting. And then yeah. the answer is always no. I, I'm not absolutely out. Like they say, I can't be 100% certain that I won't get another job. I can't be 100% certain that, that life won't change. Okay, well then the next question, what else is there? And when you start to write these maybe statements down, you start to realize that there is a little possibility out there. And again, even if it's so tiny or so small, it's enough for people. 
because people came into my office and they were like, nothing is possible. And if they walk out and they say, even if they think it's 5%, 10%, they're turning their entire being, even if just a little bit, towards the unknown. And they're realizing, if I want my life to change, it has to happen in the unknown. And the more you start to see the unknown as your friend and not your enemy, everything starts to change. And I think that's where people really start to shift. That's my friend. That place that scares me, that's where everything is going to happen. Yeah, I think underlying this is a certain amount of faith and hope. But all those, those two qualities are driven internally. There, there is there's a similar mindset that I either got it from my wife or daughter, one of the two, but it's, it's the attitude of, of life is an adventure. And, and you cannot predict what's going to happen, but go out there with that bright attitude because a new experience is awaiting you. And, and that's, that, to me, has always worked. And sometimes I've had to, by the way, advise my wife that she's the one who told me that. But, but anyways, it's, it's this, it, this, is so, this is so important because we, we, are, we are driven. And, and I have to say, uh, Allison, that a lot of this is driven by the retirement people uh, who tell us that you have to have uh, so much money here and, and so much income here and to afford mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. I mean, so much of it is, it, it sounds so linear. You know, the whole, the whole uh, function of working, saving up money, it's so linear, and it's, it's giving that away a little bit and being a little bit right. more free, right? Because right. it's very fear-based. Right. It's right. very fear-based. People, everybody's afraid. Right. And, and they don't want to be afraid, but they don't know how else to be. And there's a lot of uncertainty out in life. So if you're afraid, and, you're, and then you're afraid of the now, and you're afraid of uncertainty, you're going to get stuck in this thing, I have to have this amount of money. I have to do this when I retire. And we're just always so looking in the future. And then what we're doing is we're really selling today for tomorrow. Yes. And that's the saddest part of, I think, the entire, when you look at the bigger picture, it's the fact that we can't be present because that's where life's happening. Yes. And it's almost like we think, again, like one day, you know, the balloons are going to come down and we've arrived. But all that's going to happen is that we're going to have another problem and there's going to be something else we need to deal with or we're going to be 10 years older, 20 years older. So that's the most, the thing I love about maybe the most is that, it, can, it allows us to come back to the now and really experience life because that's what we all want. That's where it's all at. That's where we have our best moments, and that's where we really create. But with all this fear-based thinking and all this future thinking, it's hard to get out of that, that whole paradigm. This is Philip Camella. This is Conversations Beyond Science and Religion. I'm speaking with Allison Carmen, the author of the brand-new book, The Gift of Maybe, and we're talking about how to apply this philosophy of maybe to our to our daily lives, I, I can't help but think that there is there's something in this for everybody, and it's it's this openness to the field of possibilities that I think does it for me. It it says essentially that life is richer than you can really imagine, so give yourself up to it, with and and go with the flow and. In, in saying that, there's a lot of people, and I just said it myself, go with the flow. How is there a relationship between the maybe mindset and this that old adage, going with the flow? Well, again, you know, people, there are people out there that don't need maybe. They're yeah. able to go with the flow. Yeah. 
But if you have all these fear-based thoughts and you're worried and you're afraid, how are you going to do that? You're sitting at home and you're worried that you're not going to be able to pay your mortgage. You're worried that your children aren't going to be okay. And your, your whole day, your whole, all you do is think and worry. Yes. And so what maybe does, it's, it's almost like I call it cognitive faith. In a way, it allows you to hang out in that open space because you're like, well, maybe everything's going to be okay. Maybe it's going to work out. So instead of worrying, oh, what's going to happen? Things are bad. You're like, well, maybe they're not. Maybe yes. that thought's not true. And it's just this opening that allows you to go with the flow because you realize maybe everything's okay. And that, out of all the statements, maybe everything is okay. It is one of the most invigorating, peaceful thoughts yeah. I've ever had in my life. Yes, yes, And, and yes. then it allows you to kind of go with it because maybe it's all right. But without that, for me, without this idea of maybe, I'm going to fall back into linear thoughts like I know. I know what today means. I know today means that I'm going to have enough money in the bank or today means I'm not going to have enough money in the bank. I don't even want to go there. Yes. With maybe, I don't even have to think about it. So maybe everything's okay, and I could come back to the moment and really be in my life. Well, one of the and things, go with the flow. <laughs> well, well, one of the things about about this is that even folks that do go with the flow, that have a positive mindset, that have a lot of hope, it's there's there's things that drag all of us down in our daily right. lives. There's things yeah. such as saving up for college. I mean, I, I've been, you know, there's all sorts of. There's all sorts of mundane, practical things that even for the high flyers or the right. or the big thinkers, uh, there's there's all these things that that wear that wear you down, and this attitude of well maybe it will be okay, and I think you put your finger on it with with that first question that you ask your 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 um your students, which is are you certain that you're going to fall off the cliff, you know? Are, right. are, are you so certain? And it, cause, because you can't be 100%. If you're, the only people that are 100% certain uh, about anything are the people who are a little off their rockers because, <laughs> because you never know what's gonna happen. Now, you, you tell a lot of really cool stories in, in this book, and i like you to talk about the door in Madagascar. Which I thought was, which I thought was a nice little story here, um, and for those who haven't seen Madagascar, Madagascar, I guess it's an animated. I don't think I've seen that one, but tell us about what what lesson we get from the door in Madagascar. Well, what happened is that I, you know, sometimes I would have people come into my office, you know, a lot of sophisticated business people in the middle of New York City, telling me about all their problems and how about things weren't working out and that. They were worried about their sales, and we would have these great conversations about maybe, and they'd be like, wow, that's a really great concept, and they would leave and do nothing about it. And then one day I was sitting with my girls, and we were watching this movie, and this lion got, and it was, it was the movie Madagascar, and at one point in the film, this lion got thrown out of the jungle, and he got thrown out a certain part of the jungle, and all of a sudden there was a door. And for him to get back in, he was pounding on the door, let me back into the jungle. And he never bothered to look that, that there was nothing to the left, and there was nothing to the right, there was nothing above him. And I started to laugh, and I realized that my clients were too close to the situation, that they couldn't see what else was left. And I think that's what happens in our life. I think we're so, you know, we have this linear thought, and we're so entwined with everything that's going on that we, we don't recognize there's another way. So this visualization with this, the door was actually very helpful for a lot of my clients. And what I had them do is visualize this door right in front of their face. And the door represented whatever problem they were having. My sales aren't good. 
<clears throat> excuse me, I can't get a good employee, things are never going to change. And when they would visually, when they pull that door away from their face, they would recognize, wow, you know, when I pull this away and I'm able to have a larger perspective, there's nothing around this door. There's pure open space. Yeah. And I think that's what we all do. We're so close to the situation, we forget that there's more out there. And we don't even, even if you don't know what's out there, you see, the thing is we don't need to know. We think if we don't have the answer, it's not okay. But sometimes the answer is not there for us yet. Yeah. Sometimes the timing is wrong. Sometimes we have to sit in that open space until we figure it out. So when people are able to pull that away, they're able to see, okay, that's this one problem, but look how much more there is. And for some reason, for people, it's like the difference between putting their worry in like a little test tube or dropping it into the ocean and seeing, wow, there, there's so many possibilities out here. So it was a very profound thing for a lot of my clients to be able to go home and, and do those visualizations. Well, a lot of this comes comes down to sort of a, an overactive negative mindset. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, you call it the negative twist, which I'd like you to talk about a little bit more, but it's it's sort of uh, dreaming up this negative series of events and tying yourself into this sort of um, despair or this, uh, you know, tragedy, where if you take the step back, you say, well, you're the only one that that has that has dreamed that up. I mean, there there's a um, there's a there's a story which I just read in a in another book. I think I don't think it's yours, but it's it's about some some woman um, cha uh, being chased. Yeah, she's dreaming and she's being chased by a dragon, and and the dragon eventually gets her. And she asks the dragon, "Well, why are you attacking me?" And the dragon says, "Well, you're the one that dreamed up." me chasing you to begin with I mean it's sort of like it's sort of like we you know we create our own little right. horror stories and, right. and and you sort of have to break free of that from the beginning and and I think maybe as you point out it is opens that door a little a little slightly there, there's a relationship as well that's very interesting that you draw between maybe and regret and and this is a big one because so many people look back upon their lives and say, well, I wish I would have gone to a different school, or I wish I would have married my high school sweetheart, or I wish I didn't marry my high school sweetheart, or whatever, you know, I wish I would have taken the, the trip to Europe, or, or whatever it is. What, how does maybe play into this past-looking uh, well, yeah, uh, well, it's interesting, you know, I, I didn't, ex there are certain things I didn't expect, because when I found maybe, for me, it was all about my future projections, yeah. and then over time, I always learned new things about it, and I was always surprised the, the power of maybe in the area of regret, because I actually call regret a reverse maybe, yeah. because we, you know how we write these stories about how our life needs to be, for things to be okay, for some reason, we write these stories of the road not taken, and we tell them like they were perfect. If yeah. I had made, they, they never have a flaw. If I would have made this decision, my life would be great. If I had married my my high school sweetheart, if I had gone on that trip, if I'd gone into business with Joe, things would be okay right now. Right. And none of those stories have any problems. Yet our life today has problems, and we forget that those choices would have had twists and turns as well, yeah. and maybe not have worked out for the better at all. And all we know is that here we are with the hope and possibility that we could still find our way. We could have even made that choice 
walked out of that, an office one day and got hit by a car. I mean, we have no idea because everything would have been different. And a couple of summers ago, I was sitting with my dad. We were having this conversation, and he was telling me that he had terrible regret in his life, that he always wanted to go into the entertainment industry. And had he gone into the entertainment industry, he would have had a happier, more fulfilling life. He ended up going into his dad's business. His dad was a, had a steel fabrication business, and my dad became an engineer. And at first, my dad's story really got me. I mean, anybody you care about or love, you want them to realize their dreams. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing, I'm like, my dad has had a great life. I mean, he, yes, maybe he, he would have had a little more satisfaction in one area or the other, but he had a successful business. He had a great family. He, would, he and my mother have a great relationship. His kids love me, his grandchildren. And I turned around to him. I said, Dad, I said, you know, you have a pretty good life, and all these great things have happened. I said, how do you know that, that you would have had success in the entertainment industry? He's, he was telling the story like everything would have been successful, but I represent a lot of people. I work with them in the entertainment industry. There's a lot of failed scripts. There are a lot of people who don't make money. But when you tell the story of regret, you don't see those things. Yeah. And as my dad was sitting there, you know, he looked at me after we described the life that he did have. He laughed and said, you know, maybe you're right. And after that moment that we had that conversation, my dad's 82. Yeah. He started to write. Hmm. And he's working on a screenplay. Cool. He actually is watching these films for a documentary film company and giving, you know, as a critic, he's, he's giving them his, his comments. And he actually just helped one of his friends as well write a sitcom. So <laughs> isn't that amazing that yeah. the minute, at the age of yeah. 82, yeah. the minute he recognized that this story of regret was really just a story he was writing, he lifted the burden. But not only did he lift the burden, he now he just now sees that more things things are possible. Yeah. So it's interesting. We don't realize that we carry this burden on our back of regret. And at the age of eighty two, he let it go, and now he's pursuing something he thought was no longer possible. Yeah, it's well, kind of amazing. Well, you know, regret is sort of a toxic emotion. When you think about it, it does it does absolutely no good at all. It's a completely right. toxic emotion. And it I mean, has no truth to it. Right. That's the funny thing, too. It's really a made-up story because we really don't know it would have been a better choice. Exactly, exactly. And I think that your father's story is, is, a, is a great story, uh, sort, of, sort of redirecting that misplaced emotion from regret to the future. Uh, I, my, one of my inspirations is uh, Patrick O'Brien, who's, I think, one of the great American writers. I don't think he started writing his books. He has the Master and Commander series. I don't think he started writing until he was in his 60s. Yeah. And I think he wrote his last book. I think he I think he passed away in his late 80s. But, you know, there's if you keep the possibilities open, it's never too late to do anything. And right. and that that I think is something that we could all benefit and learn from. Now, we we t we touched a little bit upon this what you what you call the negative twist is this the negative twist uh, or is this something or or is the negative twist something different? Well, it's different because it's that you you write the story of everything that bad could possibly happen from what you're thinking in the moment. I see. And I know in the book I tell this story, and it was actually my dad's friend. My you know my dad was in the steel business. And his friend was in the steel business, and this story was from like 30 years ago, so there were no cell phones, and there was no way to communicate with anybody other than calling them on a landline. And he got a call before the weekend 
that this fellow who he was working for, he was building a building for this, this real estate developer. He, the real estate developer left a message. And Nathan, I really, the, the fellow's name was Nathan, my dad's friend. Nathan, I really need to speak to you. It's very important. So all of a sudden, Nathan projected, well, something must have gone wrong on the job. The, the weather was bad. Maybe a steel beam fell on somebody. Maybe the building collapsed. Maybe someone got hurt. And he could not control his mind. So all he knew was somebody needed to speak to him. But the negative twist was he, he started to project every bad thing that could, ha- that could, that could possibly mean. Yeah. And all weekend long, he was going crazy. And it was his son's birthday party, and he actually left his son's birthday party to drive out to the job in New Jersey. He got there. The sun was shining. There was nothing wrong. That, that Saturday night, he couldn't sleep. What could possibly be happening? Maybe the guy's going bankrupt. He's not going to pay me. So this went on for two days, 48 hours. And Monday morning, Nathan gets to the office, and the guy calls him, and he's like, Nathan, he's like, let's meet for lunch. I have a new job I want to give you. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's a good that's story. what we do. Yeah. We, like, we, we don't even give it space. And all Nathan had to do was say, well, maybe everything's okay, or yes. maybe something else is going to happen. Yes. And what he did, he sold today for tomorrow. Because even if there was something wrong, he could have been to his son's birthday party. See, that's the thing, too. It's like we're making, like, tomorrow's better than today. And all we really have is today. So even if we do have a problem, we still have to stay in maybe because we really don't even know how that problem is going to work out. Because maybe that problem, we'll have to deal with it, but maybe things will still be okay. Or maybe we'll be okay no matter what. Maybe it'll be a good experience. Maybe it'll be a lousy experience, but you'll still be okay, right? Right, exactly. Well, (laughs) it's also forcing you to think farther down the road that's what i like about this as well in other words if the first event doesn't doesn't work if it's not to your if it doesn't meet your highest aspiration your highest goal well maybe it's building for something better and if the second thing doesn't work maybe it's building for something even better and so if you keep if you keep that attitude you're i think you eventually wind up in a good spot this is Philip Camella. This is Conversations Beyond Science and Religion. I'm speaking with Allison Carmen, the author of the new book, The Gift of Maybe. And we're talking about, again, uh, the, the powerful effect this simple principle has. Now, I have to ask you one big question before we move to some maybe exercises, and that is, do you think that this philosophy is, is a sort of a uh, mental game or whether you think that it that we are really by using it getting in tune with with what with the way the world really works. I love that question. For a long time, I would have said to you, it's a mental game. I would say it's a cognitive tool to help you alleviate stress and worry. And personally, I mean, I was experiencing miracles. I'd be sitting on my couch. And I would just go into this pure space of maybe, and then yeah. I would get a new client that yeah. day. And, I, and so I would see these things happen, and all I was doing was being in this idea of maybe. Yeah. But then clients started to call me. And they're like, Allison, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe what happened. Yeah. I've been doing these maybe exercises for a week, and that one thing I've been waiting to happen just happened. Or, look, or I have this new opportunity, or I got this job offer. And... And over time, I realized that there, there's something energetic about it. There is something you're accessing. I think you're more in tune with the way the universe works because you're not in this, you're not overthinking. And you're saying, I'm here, I'm available, I'm open. 
Yes. I am open to this universe to see what's going to happen next in my life. So yeah. in a way, I think you're aligning to a different rhythm. And I think it's a big change in, in a lot of people's lives that they're able to get there. Yeah, I, 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 of course, agree. And that's sort of where I like to go with this is because all this, all these ideas, and this is a good one, they have a lot more power if we're actually aligning ourselves with something that's real. There's a quote from your your book, which I'm looking for right now, from uh, Joseph Campbell. But it, it's something like, you have to be willing to give up uh, what you know in order to gain the world, or something like that. And and there is, that's, here, here it is. We must be willing to let go of the life we have planned so as to accept the life that is waiting for us. Mm-hmm. And that's Joseph Campbell. And that's sort of part of this. I mean, Joseph Campbell was one of the deepest thinkers uh, in the last century. And, you know, he, he had um, a lot of great ideas, but, but most of the big thinkers move towards this spot where, where we are acting out um, some storyline on a unified scale. I mean, I started off the show talking about synchronicity, and which, which, you know, not only do we have synchronicity in the small scale, like when we're thinking of a friend and he or she calls, or song plays on the radio, mm-hmm. I read two books back-to-back without knowing what each book is about, and they happen to answer the quest- answer each other's questions. Um, but there's also synchronicity on a larger scale that goes beyond the scope of the show, but based, but things like, you know, why... Why is the Earth aligned with the Sun, and why 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 is life possible, and all this kind of stuff? But the point is, is that by doing this, I think I do think we are we are sort of, uh, as you put it, making ourselves available to be part of a larger story of unlimited possibilities, and it's a much it's it's a much more it's much more fun, it's much more encouraging. It, it doesn't bog you down in this negative thinking and who knows what may happen you know right it, you, I mean I mean you never know and it, it to me it does it does lead to some adventure yeah. and, and that and the reason why maybe I think it's also so powerful is anybody could use it yes. I mean when you read this book you're like oh this is a really interesting concept but when you're out there in the world and you use it and I think you said that you had used it last week you feel the power of it and anybody could use it. You don't have to go to India. You don't have to right. do all these huge meditations. Not to say your path won't lead you there. But this, I feel like the book, this idea of maybe, is a beautiful first step for anybody. And once you clear the mind and you're able to stop the thoughts, I think more and more people will align with this, with, this, with the universe, will align with this, this energy that we're all connected to. And then yep. things really start to change. So I'm hoping that this this simple philosophy will affect a lot of people because it is so simple, right? Right, right, right. And uh, simple, simple has always got to be better than uh, than than the than the uh, monstrosities or, or the or the complexities that we hear from um, other fields. Such as, well, I won't get into it. But but the point is that is that this is something that everybody, as you point out, could benefit from. Now, on the very practical side of things. If somebody wants to sort of like experiment with the maybe, what's a simple exercise or two that 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 they could use here? Okay. Well, 
It is actually, the, and I spoke about it a little bit during this conversation, it's the first exercise in the book. And what you do is you write down your fear. Um, I remember once I thought my daughter had celiac disease. And it was very unexpected. She was having stomach problems, and I took her to the doctor. And the doctor's like, well, let's, let's test for celiacs. It, it seems like a real possibility. And I wrote the book of Maybe, and I have to tell you something. I spun out of control. <laughs> it, it was my, and, yeah. and even you know, logically, you could say, well, that's disease people deal with. I didn't expect it. I didn't want it. It was not a plan of mine that my child would ever suffer like that. And I went home that day. So I'm going to explain the exercise through my experience. I wrote down my biggest fear, and my biggest fear was my daughter has celiac disease, and this is horrible. Now, somebody else might write something like, I lost my job, I'm never going to get another one. I'm never going to find love in my life. So you write your biggest fear down, and then you ask the question, am I absolutely certain this thought is true? So for me, was I absolutely certain that my daughter had celiac disease and things were going to be horrible? Well, the answer was no. And when you ask yourself, you're absolutely certain you're not going to get another job. But wherever you ask yourself, right. most likely the answer is going to be no. So what else is there? And then you start writing these maybe statements down. And for me, I, I wrote a statement um, such as, maybe my daughter will be okay no matter what. Maybe she doesn't have celiac disease. Maybe she has it and it will lead us to new places. Uh, maybe my thoughts that things are horrible aren't true. And people could write it about anything that's going on in their lives. And you write one maybe statement after the other after the other. And for me, I did this exercise for a half hour. I kept writing different statements down again and again and again. And finally, I felt that little pop in my chest, and I realized that there was more to the situation than one way. Yeah. And it would allow me to open up. And I had to wait 10 days to get her blood test back. But it allowed me to sit and enjoy those 10 days and be hopeful and realize that more was possible than this one horrible thing that I, I feared the worst. And it turned out she didn't have celiac disease. But what the most important part of the story is look how open I was during those 10 days. And we had some beautiful times together. And I wasn't stressed and I wasn't worried. And I think if people are able to do this exercise during these times of doubt and during these times of fear, they're going to find that they're going to open up to more possibilities and they're going to show up for their life differently for that experience and other ones down the road. That's, a, that's, a, that's another great story. So why don't you tell folks... Uh, about your website and uh, anything else you're up to, Allison? Uh, my website is allisoncarmen.com. And, you know, I write about maybe, but I also write about acceptance and love and all the things that people experience in life. And I well, develop these different cognitive tools that people could, you know, use in their everyday life to help alleviate the stress and the worry and the anxiety. Um, you can also find my work at Psychology Today at Huffington Post. And then there's my book, The Gift of Maybe, which you could find at all major bookstores and as well as online. Well, well, again, uh, I, I think that Allison's book here is, is one of, is one of the best in this area. It, why? Well, because it has a simple message, but it's very practical. And to me, what this what this means is is as we've been talking about on this show, is that the the narrative for the for life itself is much richer and filled with possibilities than we can really imagine and by using this approach where we say maybe instead of fixing ourselves into a negative result is really a healthy positive uh, attitude and I and so I, I think that not only 
is this easy but I think that on the grander scale it aligns us with the way of the world which is always a good thing now this is Philip Camella feel free to uh, to always email me at philipcamella at gmail.com uh, any comments questions I like hearing from listeners and uh, I like also trying to get guests on that that the listeners will will benefit from I'm happy to say my uh, guest next week will be Temple Hayes um, who is something else and it's going to be a nice sort of segue from this conversation today once again this is Philip Camella this is Conversations Beyond Science and Religion and I thank you for listening Allison it's been great talking to you thank you great talking to you too take care You've been listening to Conversations Beyond Science and Religion with Philip Meriton. To find out more about Philip and his new book, The Heaven at the End of Science, visit heavenattheendofscience.com.